and welcome to the podcast that found itself on Monday agreeing with way too much of what Damien Barrett said in his article and had to wash myself clean uh, for most of the week. We enjoyed one of the best weekends of football I can remember for a very long time. I am Jack and as usual I'm joined by Alistair. Welcome back to the Back Pocket. Thank you for having me on my own podcast. Yeah, you're very welcome. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't do the intro this week, lads. I was... Uh... My brain just isn't working, it's, it's so head day. expect it's, the best from me fine. today. Um, it was a great weekend, though. There was just so many games that were absolute classics. Like, I think that Port Essendon game is going to remember as an instant classic. Fremantle Richmond both playing for important... And Collingwood, Collingwood Essendon. Same colours. Fremantle Richmond um, <laughs> both playing for you know really important parts of their season, Frio Top 4 and Richmond the 8, and they both managed to find ways to not win that game. Um there were so many moments in that game that I think would have been remembered as really important had that team won. Like Frederick Smother was incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were some turns and plays from Richmond that got the ball back up their end, but it just all resulted in nothing, which sometimes is incredible. I don't think it all resulted in nothing because it's kind of big for Fremantle yeah. in a way. And, and it's not for Richmond because their yeah. percentage is what they had on other teams and now it's just half a game anyway. I don't think Fremantle were trying to win that game in the end. I genuinely think they were playing for the and, draw. And I think the draw is an important part of football. We get this... Once a year, sometimes once every second year, we get a draw and then a small number of people come out and they're like, why do we have a draw? It's stupid. No, a draw's fine in the home and away season. It's fun. It's drama. It's it's like, good to watch. I think a few years ago, the Bulldogs only qualified for finals on a draw. Like, their percentage wouldn't have been good enough. Like, I just think that it's... And there's no way to rectify it other than adding, like, a whole extra quarter because next score wins is dumb because what if it's a point? Next goal wins because what if someone kicks seven points before the other team kicks a goal? There's not just late, draws are fine. It was it was interesting though because they interviewed uh, Bolter after the game, who obviously had a brain fade, um, yes. and he said something along the lines of oh, it "Doesn't matter much. We'll move on to next week." Is what he meant to say, but he, it ended up saying was "Ah, oh, we don't care." Okay. <laughs> it did That's, not come out well. We don't care. <laughs> so, um, all right. Well, let's crack on with the votes. That was I terrible. You are starting first. I had to care to get it in there somehow. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I'm starting first, so uh, I'm giving one vote to. Harrison Himmelberg. Himmelberg. Um, he snuck up on me. Obviously, I watched that game, and uh, for the most part, he was under the radar. But I feel like in the second half, he kind of took off, and he's been really playing that interceptor role really well across the back end of really this season. He had a really good second half when they really didn't. Yeah. I think he was still trying, which yes, mattered. But uh, ended up with 10 intercepts, 25 disposals, a slew of marks. He had a good game um, without starring, so it's probably a one vote. That's where he's yeah. at. That's fair. My one vote was to our boy Sam Collins. I yeah. thought that just a brilliant defensive game again. Brisbane were really, really on. Um, and he had, I, mean, I don't care about possessions when it comes to a Sam Collins game. He had yeah. 10 disposals and nine of them were intercepts. That's he pretty good. Five intercept marks, zero one on one losses from five contests, and seven spoils. Yeah. That's an incredible game of football. Like, you don't get much better than that as a key defender. Um, he's just heart and soul at that club, and I think they're really building a good core there. It's such a shame they couldn't get across the line because I think yeah. they had to win that game. Well, we've been saying that for three weeks now. They had to win that one. They yeah, had to win that one. They have else is falling down around them. But yeah, there's still a chance, but it's just not going to happen, is it? No, they're, they're the what were meant to be the easier games of their draw, which were Essendon and Richmond. Obviously, they got over Richmond just, but they've kind of come and gone. They've still got Geelong to come. They've got North and West Coast, who you expect them to beat, but. Um, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a shame because the Bulldogs are firming and mm. Richmond still look like there's a good chance they'll take that eighth spot. So. And it, it just sh- sucks because obviously you have Collingwood who are on this run of incredible small victories and Gold Coast seem to be on the other end of that besides the Richmond game. 
Yeah. Um, which very easily could have been the same way. Yes. Um, yeah, ab- absolutely. But I'm that Collingwood game was more. I think there's been a lot of talk about the art of winning close ones. Essendon lost that game. Yes. Like uh, you watch back that footage and you just go, "Geez, how are they what not are you flooding doing? back and defending?" Like that's like under 17s footy stuff. And yeah. When Harrison Harrison Jones is lining up for that goal, everyone in the Essendon team should have been moving into the other half. Like everyone. What was Bratton doing on the bench? Baffling. What was he doing? No idea. He had direct line of communication to players on the field. And anyway, uh, I'm gonna just skip over that. <laughs> I'm gonna go crazy on Bratton. Uh, my two votes goes to Tom Barass. Um, he's a back back half of your hero really for for West Coast. Uh, yeah, twenty six disposals, ten intercepts, really good. one he was, centers. He was a special mention for me. Yeah, um, I did really like his game. He's um, been really good, and he's uh, he has to be their next captain. If he's not, it's a joke. <laughs> I don't see anyone else it could be. I saw the point. article the other day that said Duggan was the other one, and I was like, no, don't it's do not, that. Don't same. do Duggan. Brass. No offense very, to Duggan. Yeah, D- Duggan is a very serviceable football and Premiership player. He's played one hundred and fifty games. I think he's. Genuinely good footballer, but Brass has very clear leadership. He carries the team with him. He's just the right kind of player that you want as a captain. And on top of that, he can form a partnership with Bazo. Um, and there's another who really does seem to be slotting into that side. Yeah. It took them a long time to get him in, but he's looking good. Um, he can really form a, uh, a partnership with the younger Edwards. players around him. Edwards, even Hoff, could be wing or halfback. Um, and that could be crucial for them getting up the ladder quicker. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, my two votes this week went to Bailey Dale. Um, he had 27 disposals, almost all in the defensive 50, which is just a great game for a player. In a game that's had that high scoring, he's literally mm. clearing that ball out a lot. Um, seven of them were intercepts. There was five rebounds and five spoils. But that spoil. It was that spoil. That spoil. I'd... In the dying moments, it was almost perfect. I... Stephen May got coaches' votes in that game, mm-hmm. even though he faffed a mark on the line that, Got that Bulldogs in front goal. He also uh, kicked it straight to Bond and, and turned it over as well in a crucial moment. Yet Dale played a really, really good defensive game, and I didn't see any mention of it. But uh, yeah, I couldn't find a spot for Dale this week. Yeah, but I do have to mention that spoil. I said to you on on oh. the day that there was like a ninety nine percent chance when he does that he fails. Yeah, he gives away a front oh, on contact. He doesn't make every the spoil. Time. How he barely made contact with the other player and got a full fist on the ball and nothing on the hands was just incredible. Re- remarkable. I watched that game in the back rows of the Astor Theatre before <laughs> before a show. <laughs> Had my phone out um and I rewound it to show someone the video of how good that spoil was. So it's, it's great. It was what a finish to that game too. Uh so I'm on three votes three then. Votes. Uh Giving it to my old mate Angus Brayshaw. I almost yep. called him Andy Brayshaw by <laughs> accident. What? Don't give you both your kids A N names. It's, it's silly. Like, anyway, um, what's their dad's name? Do you know? I have no idea. <laughs> Anthony. Um, so yeah, he had a uh, really good game across halfback again. Um, he is a smoky. When we've been talking all year about Sinclair and Doherty being the two kind of halfback he's locks, really he's up the there. Season together. Uh, his intercept game across halfback has been incredible all year. Um, even when Melbourne have had their down moments, he's still been really good, except for the maybe one or two games he got tagged. I remember that being yeah, and there's been a couple point. of times I've had to throw him up onto the wing as well when it's dictated. Yeah, the yeah. game's dictated it. But yeah, he he looks really good down back. And I think that it's really important that Melbourne re-sign him because he's a free agent this year, obviously as well. So if he leaves, mm. they're very unlikely to get anything for him. So um, that's a pretty crucial signature for them. 
He'll get a good. He'll get well, a really good contract. He would get a good contract, but it wouldn't be a first round pick. I I genuinely think someone's probably going to give him an eight hundred k deal, and he would probably that, that would necessitate yeah end of first round probably it a hundred percent yeah I, but either way I think he's very important to their structure um and they would really want to sign him on he's only twenty six years of age yeah absolutely um, I feel like though they have some younger players that they could slot into his place pretty much straight away and Jordan as in Rivers Bowie I've said earlier in this uh, season that he is an anywhere man he will do whatever you tell him to do yes. and he'll do it well um and I think that's something you don't want to lose but for a first round pick. Even if it's end of first round. Yeah. I would take it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. No, he he, he was very good. I'm going, funny you mentioned Freo. Uh, My three votes was to Hayden Young. Interesting. Who a lot of other weeks could have gotten a five. I just had a couple of players that I loved their games this week. Uh, He got the 10 coaches votes, uh, Hayden Young, in that game. Yeah. He 31 disposals at 84%. Uh, five of those are rebounds, but five of them were inside fifties at the other end as well. He is becoming the talent that we all hoped he'd be before he missed what a season and a half with injuries. Yep. Um, uh, they knew how good he was when they drafted him, and I think the people who were watching him at that time did too. He is just a genuine gun footballer. They shared some footage. I don't know what show it was on. It might have been Kane Corn's show on AFL.com uh, of him in his juniors just taking on attacking plays from the defensive 50 and he's translated that pretty much perfectly to AFL level now and he is going to be a gun for them for a long time if he can stay fit. I think we talked about earlier this year how big a fans we were of Fremantle's strategy of drafting defenders with their early draft picks mm-hmm. with um, obviously Chapman and Young um, and even Logue was a reasonably high draft pick as well. He's number eight. I love that. I love that they are going all in on making sure their backline is solid. Because in, in previous Fremantle teams, it was a big weakness for them. They picked up Tarrant as a forward and ended up playing fullback for them for years. They had to pull in McFarlane from Essendon to cover that centre-half back role. And Pavlich even played fullback for a season when he was young because they just didn't have anyone for that spot. And it's just really good seeing them put together a genuine high-quality backline with players. So many that look like could be all Australians. And sometimes Griffin Logue can't even get in there. Yeah, no, Griffin Logue is a really good player, and I have a feeling he might be on the uh, not trade table because he's a free agent. I've seen a few clubs, particularly Collingwood, obviously with their backline being even the Bulldogs messy. if they don't go for yeah. Liam Jones. There's a few clubs looking at him, and why wouldn't you? Because he is a very good footballer, but mm. and it's also understandable why he's not getting in because that Fremantle backline is sensational. Absolutely. Uh, so I'm going to skip right on to my four votes here. Uh, fan favorite of mine, Adam Saad. Yes, uh, four votes for mine. Very good game. Uh, yeah, uh, topped it off with that mark of the year contender, oh, but ripper eight intercepts, 12 marks, 92% kicking efficiency. He was, what's the word I'm looking for? Bulleting lasers at the, at the three, <laughs> anywhere. Spoils, three spoils, 500 and something meters gained in there yeah. as well. I love, uh, when they, when the crowd does the wolf is great. I yeah, love it great. when it's a 15 meter pass <laughs> after he's just received the ball. It's a, <laughs> they're well trained. They're well trained. Uh, really I was good. when I was at the uh, Carlton Eagles game a few weeks ago. Um, they were so well timed with it too. Uh, it's it's so been got, missing. I he, like it. He did get best on ground and coaches votes, which I liked. But one of the coaches gave him five, and the other one gave him three. Yeah, and I don't know which coach was which. I the can't other, tell. The other gave their five to either Cripps or Walsh. Um, and the other coach gave that person one. So, like, there was a lot of uh, confusion of who was best in that I, game. I am not but sure I think how it was him. anyone best. could give Walsh a one off, off that game, but coaches' yeah. votes are weird, man. They coaches look at different stuff. Weird, but that's because they know what role that player has been sent out there to yeah. do. And 
I, his game was brilliant. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, he's my pick for all Australian um, to pat, match with Sinclair on the other flank. Taking Doherty's spot um, in the back half of the season, I reckon. I just, yeah, and he keeps playing just as well. Um, and this is 30, 25 touches is about his normal. He doesn't get the big numbers, but he's so effective. And oh, he well. just makes up so much ground. We haven't looked up Adam Saad bounce watch this week, have we? Oh, no, we haven't. Might do that in the background while you do your four. <laughs> my four was to Aaliyah Aaliyah. Um, he was, he was so my honourable mention. I he really so wanted good. to slot him in. Um, he had four intercept marks, 11 intercept possessions as well. So when Geelong were putting that chaos ball in there, which they love to do now with obviously Stengel Myers close in that forward line, mm. he was the one coming in, picking that up at speed. Um, his man was Gary Rowan, who I think had a lot of effect on the game, but didn't kick many goals. So you could say he did his job there as well. But I just think in his second half, he was massive. He had five one-on-ones. He only lost one of them. He just kept repelling and repelling when in that last quarter when Geelong was pushing back to get the lead, which obviously they did. Um, but I, if anyone's to blame for it, it's not him. I'd say it's the fact that they've got a centre-half back and a full-back who are both under 190 centimetres tall. It, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. Port have been a, not a surprise packet. Uh, they've been under the radar. I That's what I'm looking for. as top four or fifth. I can't remember which one before this season started. It's definitely uh, a fail on their season. Absolutely. For sure. and it's just that first five games because if you take them out, they're well and truly in the hunt and they've you know been playing well against and beating good teams. But they just have that absolute mare of a patch. Um, it's just a bit shocking. Yeah, it was the start of the year and obviously they're missing some ruck prowess at the moment. But I think Dixon in the rucks really worked for them. He looks good. Um, um, and I hope that when they do get a recognised Ruckman back, probably this they rotate week, Dixon through the Ruckman yeah, in pinch hitting. I, I, I genuinely think it works. He's a genuine impact player when he's yep. in there. I, I really like watching it. Um, just a quick update. It was really hard to mm. find. Mm. Uh, Adam Saad is on 95 bounces for the 95. year. 95. It's a good effort. Well, he is it? 16th in the most bounces, bounces in a season for this season so far. So he's got four games to try and get to. Try to. And get- 167. Not going to happen. Got to do a, a 70 bounces. He could get. He could probably get to the top five though. That'd be nice. And he's 20 bounces in he's, four he's games. Do, he's making a concerted <laughs> effort to do it. Like he runs two steps, takes the first one, ten steps the next. So I'd rather that than people just not bouncing it. Yeah. Um. To be fair, I <laughs> he's guess. one of three players playing within the actual rules of yeah, AFL. <laughs> when you see people running like 20 meters, and you're like, that's not. That's not quite right. And I love when the commentators count the steps, and I'm like. These men are two meter tall professional mm-hmm. athletes. They are not striding one meter at full speed. They're probably I, striding two. I, I remember specifically my dad used to say that was less than fifteen steps, and I'm like, it's not, not, how, it not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but no. Uh, sorry to sidetrack that. Allerily yeah. has been very good uh, in specifically the back half of the season, but even from about probably two or three games since he got back into the side after yeah. injury. Um, yeah, yeah, and they were missing him hugely in those those games as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another big thing for them is Gray has now finally got old. Like, he's finally not the Robbie Gray that he once was. Um, and he's still good enough to be best 22, but he doesn't pull off the miraculous stuff he used to. I can't remember what game it was earlier this year, but he had a shot on goal. I think it was against Richmond. He had a yeah. shot on goal that Robbie Gray, up until this year, would have kicked every single time because he is just Regardless clutch. of pressure. Yeah. Could have been. Um, and he missed that, and I kind of went, ah. Oh, you know, we've kind of reached time that is point. coming, and that's someone. fine. He's been one of the best players in the comp for a very long time, but yeah, we all get there. Uh, so I am going to quickly jump in with my five votes. I'm not going to talk about them too much because I already did. Uh, it was Hayden Young. Hayden Young. Hayden Young gets my five. Thought it might have been. Um, I already talked about you know the AFL. Uh, sorry, the juniors uh, game he had. 
he's he's really coming on. So I'll leave it at that and let you go to five. My five we've already talked about as well uh, was Adam Sard. Oh, okay, so yeah, we were just we, slightly we off with those. our placings. <laughs> yeah, but those two are, are very. My top three were all very close. Mm. Um, Elias Sard and Young. I just I had them all kind of rotating around. Yeah. Um, I just kind of thought about the context of the games they're in, and for me it was just that Richmond Fremantle game was so depressing. Um, <laughs> this is, in one of the most exciting weekends of football, it was this dour, low-scoring scrap of an affair. I don't mind it when it's Frio without Ross Lyon, though. Uh, yeah. <laughs> long, long Muir. Look, it was Dower a better scrap fine. than a lot of scraps are, because at least it was beaming end-to-end, end, and that last 10 minutes was so frantic. Mm. Um, but you look Special at... Special shout-out to Marlon Pickett. Oh, this he year. is having a... He, he has to be so close to getting that wing role if they actually pick a wing. If they picked a wing, he would be... Probably um, up there with McCluggage, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Who I only found out today, it's not Mick Luggage, it's Mick Cluggage. I only found Cluggage, that out yeah, today. Who sees? Yeah, capital, so. capital Cook. Yep. Um, <laughs> capital Cook. I was looking for him in a list of AFL players, and oh, I was going through MCL? all the MCLs, Brock, and I'm like... You're like Brock McLean. He doesn't like, exist. I've been in a while. <laughs> um, <laughs> why is McLean the first one? Because he's a gun. Sa- um, sunk Richmond in that one game. Uh, <laughs> the... um. I, I feel like I have to clarify. Brock McLean was not a gun. Richmond <laughs> <laughs> um, Freer game, I was going to say something about it. Oh, um, but yeah, com- when you compared that to the Port Geelong game, which in that second half was just levels mm. of f- fire, the Brisbane Gold Coast game, which was just on the Bulldogs uh, Melbourne game, and obviously the Collingwood Essendon game. Pretty sure I fired you which, a text during the Geelong Port one where I said, this is some sort of game. <laughs> which were all just ridiculous. Um, and, you know, all had these game of the year contention moments. Like Georgiati's taking that mark. I thought, wow, this is going to get Port across the line. And obviously they, it didn't. Dixon willed them into that game when Stanley went off injured. He got, when he realized that he was going to have a sentence in the middle and he just dominated. And there'll be people who do the whole, oh, yeah, but Stanley was off injured. You still have to do it. You still yeah. have to win those taps and then get the next handball out or win the tap and get it yourself and get it forward. He was insanely good. You can't just rock up and assume you're going to win. And despite- when he was, it, was a, it was a good thing to have him in the ruck because when he was up forward, De Koning did do a reasonably good job on him for most of that game. Mm. Um, but once he went into the ruck, his confidence once he went forward was so much higher as well. And Dixon is absolutely that kind of footballer. Um, it, it, great, great game from him. Um, he's proven to be a more three-dimensional player than I thought he was this year. Yeah, it was definitely his game a few years ago was just take mark, kick goal, be angry at umpire. And he can't and do he one of those If anymore. he couldn't get angry, he'd not be able to do the other two things either. Like yeah. He'd just be out there being tepid and boring. I mean, um, my favourite Charlie Dixon moment is just him bowling over into the uh Into the crowd? Into the crowd. Into the, yeah. I like yeah. that moment. I think about that a lot. I feel like, I feel like if he retires and he's in the, uh, the video footage they play at the Brownlow, you do a goal... You do a big mark, and then you do that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Retirements. Charlie Dixon. Just him sitting in a seat with a Melbourne fan. <laughs> um, yeah, I... A lot going on this weekend. It was good. Yeah. Um, we've got four weeks left, and... Crunch time. The top four is up for grabs, and the eighth spot is up for grabs. Obviously, the seven is kind of locked in. Like, all those teams can miss finals, but it's yeah. very unlikely. It's 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 all down to whether some of those teams can actually live up to the expectations that are being put on them right now. Uh, like people expect Richmond to bounce back. Yes. People are expecting Carlton to win this next coming game it's, and then probably lose the next three. I think the thing with Richmond is after their games back to back against Port Adelaide and Geelong, and even the Sydney game, which were all really good games, and Richmond were very good in all of them. The way they've gone downhill since that loss to Geelong is insane. Their game plan mm. has just fallen apart from then. Like they, they just lost that game. 
They just lost to Sydney a couple of weeks earlier in very dramatic fashion and just beat Port in very dramatic fashion. And then they've lost to, obviously, Gold Coast with that huge comeback, which they shouldn't be allowing teams to do. Um, even that game against Freo, they should have won. They had that thrown up. And it's just not things that we think Richmond do. Yeah. Which uh, makes you worry about their next few games because mm-hmm. though on paper they're not that hard, they've been struggling with them. Yeah, and that's why it's it's hard to sort of lock them in for eighth position. I do think the Bulldogs are going to take it. They only need to really win two of their next four. But they do have a rough next four. Um, They've got two winnable ones and two hard ones. Yeah. So if they can they bank the two winnable ones... And rely on Richmond to not also yeah. win That's That's three. kind of where they're at. Um, and obviously St Kilda, it's, it's really cool that all those teams still have a few games against each other. Um, I've got a little... Hang on, let me find a little bitty bitty. Um... That's the technical term. Um, So this week we got Collingwood and Port, which I'm sure will be a five-point game in Collingwood's favour because that's just how Collingwood games go Um, and also how Port games go with their close losses this year. Uh, Geelong Bulldogs is now a way bigger game than it looked like four weeks ago. Um, Mm. Bulldogs, they're they're thinking they need to win that and they're playing really good football. And they almost beat Geelong last time. So like... That is a huge game as well. Richmond-Brisbane at the MCG put spice on it because Brisbane still haven't won there since mm. that grand final, mm. I think. in So, no, since the prelim in 2004. Fremantle-Melbourne in Perth, awesome stuff. It's going to be pissing down, That's raining. Friday night. I yeah, think. it's going to be wet. So Which is not good for Frio. It's not good for the turf because um, of, obviously, the drama going on. Too, yeah. yeah. So, um, it's going to be a very hard game to watch, but... It's tough because Fremantle are the better side defensively, yep. but they're also the worst side in the rank. Yes. So it, it does Melbourne it cancel out? Back, which means they'll have that back line of Petty, Lever and May back together, which is huge. In the wet, though? Oh, does it? Yeah, I don't know. I, but Lever and Petty are very mobile. So mm. I don't no, think no, no, no. I think it's just the fact that Fremantle won't be trying to kick. Like, they'll kick to Tallis, yeah, but their true. aim will be to get it to... Walters and... Frederick and Swickowski or Banfield, whoever's playing. I don't know. Schultz? Um, yeah, they've got no, a lot of small crummers, <laughs> and they and they mid scrum well as well. Um, so you look at um, obviously Sarong and Brayshaw are yeah very capable of kicking a goal or two. Mm. And the next week we have Brisbane and Carlton at the Gabba. That's Huge. a very top four game. Um, Geelong and St Kilda at Virginia Park, which again St Kilda beat Geelong earlier in the year, could be playing for a spot in the eight and have to win that game. Melbourne versus Collingwood at the MCG again, mm-hmm. which last time was. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, another Collingwood storm from behind wind that they never should have done. Bulldogs and Fremantle at Etihad at Marvel. Sorry. It's been like four years and I still don't get that one right. <laughs> um, and then Port and Richmond at Adelaide, which again, after the way Port and Richmond played earlier this year and a few of the games Adelaide over the last few years. Awesome. The week after that, Gold Coast and Geelong at Metricon. Gold Coast at Metricon this year has been very strong. Dangerous. Um, Melbourne and Carlton at the MCG. Again. How does that? How is that round twenty two? And we're finally getting that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Those two midfields against each other could so be. I can't wait. Just huge bodies, mm-hmm. fast speeds, strong hands. They haven't played since the uh, the preseason. Great tall backs <laughs> versus great tall forwards yep. is going to be the matchup in that game. Like watching Silvani, Mackay, and Kerno match up against May, Petty, and Lever if they're all playing. Hopefully, it's interesting because it does having the third tall yeah. um, make them accountable. And it's... I look, was looking at the stats the other day. I talked to you about it already, yep. but. Because they prefer Petty takes the actual second tall and lever rolls off. Yeah, but Silvani is ranked in the top 20 for yeah, key forwards in the league. Which is crazy. Uh, which no one saw coming. Um, but it gives the... Uh, if if Pitnet's back, he stays as a forward. Yeah. So that makes it even more dangerous for 
tools in the back for teams. That same week, St Kilda and Brisbane, which is only really relevant if St Kilda managed to beat Geelong because yes. they don't, their season's over. Um, Sydney and Collingwood at the SCG, massive. That's a top four, probably playing for fourth spot at that point game. And then we finish it off. We've got, obviously, Brisbane and Melbourne at the Gabba, mm-hmm. which could be for a top two or top four spot. Carlton versus Collingwood at the MCG, which could also be for a top four spot. And then, as we know, last game of the year now, we talked about this one weeks ago on, on the podcast, is the St Kilda-Sydney game, which they... I have, a feeling, I have a feeling by round 23, St Kilda might matter. be out of it. <laughs> yeah. I think Sydney might be playing for a top four spot. So yeah. it's interesting. Mm-hmm. But it, it's just really cool that there's so many fixtures left that really matter mm. for both sides of the game. I'm glad you mentioned every single one of them. Yeah, you're welcome. That's definitely um, not going to be had those to notes. to do. <laughs> I've had those notes in my phone since the buy, and I've been deleting each week as it's gone past. Been waiting. It's really bad. It's the only amount of it preparation. It is the same teams in contention, though. Like, they're all still yeah. in contention. They've been that same group for so long. And I think that's because that gap from Port slash Gold Coast to Essendon and Hawthorne has been so big all yeah. year. Well, I mean, um, Essendon have snuck up into that bracket, Adelaide, but yeah. just forgot how to win for 10 weeks. Um, I'm not even sure they knew how to win in the first place. They managed to. They almost beat Frio if it wasn't for Heath Chapman. That's true. I century. wonder how the season would have gone if they'd won if that Adelaide game. Adelaide beat Frio if yeah. Heath Chapman hadn't pulled spoiler the century Do you think Fremantle ass? would have backed it up and played the way they have played? Or does I, that bit I, of confidence like, get them going? I picked Adelaide in that game based on like my memory of the last five weeks of last season. And mm-hmm. I was like, Adelaide looked like they're on the improve. They've got a pretty good squad together this year. Their kids looked really good last year. Um, and I thought Frio were in about the same position. And I thought Adelaide would just, at the start of the year, be in a better position to win that game. Mm. And then I watched that game and I went, oh, okay, you know, they're both about the mark where I thought they'd be. And that game was zero indication for where those teams were going to be yeah. for the rest of the year. I thought they'd both be fighting for eighth or ninth. They are so and far Frio apart. Frio is possibly going to finish top two and Adelaide will finish bottom four. Yeah. Amazing. I could not have been more wrong. <laughs> With the way things are going in the back half of the season, like they could drop down to bottom three. They, I don't think they'll drop bottom, bottom two. two because West, West Coast, Coast would need to away. go West big. Coast just can't quite win those games that you they feel. They really were in control of that game against St Kilda. And mm. just couldn't get it done. Um, I thought they'd beat Hawthorne. They couldn't get that done. So they just those are the games that they would have, could have. Um, and now they're probably locked into that bottom two. Um, I just don't think there's any way they can finish bottom. It's a good way to kick off their rebuild, though. So yeah. And look, I mean, with with a top two pick in hand next year, with all of their players having a full preseason, I don't know if they'll make finals, but I don't think they'll be bottom two. I don't know that low down at the side. Well, it depends on what wacky rules they come up with for COVID. <laughs> Did you read the uh, news recently about uh, no chartered flights for clubs traveling interstate? Really? Yeah. So they, at this point in time, are still only doing commercial flights for teams. So oh. um, I think there's two teams. I can't remember exactly which two who have to travel twice in the next four weeks. Um, I'm pretty sure both to Brisbane or, and Adelaide or something like that. Um, and obviously the interstate teams as well. Uh, it's it's interesting because COVID has reared its head right at the end of this season, and it could it's throw just, everything. It's huge Australia wide at the moment, and every state leader seems to be like, ah, if I go back to lockdowns or masks, it's going to be really unpopular. Mm-hmm. And, and like every um, chief health officer is going, please put a mask on, like pl- please. We've got now fifty percent of Australians have had COVID um, as of the the report last week. So it was random blood testing done for antibodies, fifty percent. It's only what, like have had 14 million? No <laughs> biggie. Just a few people. No biggie. Yeah. Um, and most of them are in the working adult age bracket. So only mm. 22% of people over the age of 70 
have had COVID, which are the at-risk bracket, which is yeah. obviously a good thing. Um, but yeah, most people who are you know working age, probably 60%, 65% of people have had COVID now, which is wild. That's a massive number of people. It's just, it could, like imagine if you are in the top eight and your final series just gets absolutely blasted by COVID. Like for, Brisbane had seven outs the other week, mm-hmm. or was it eight outs or something? And they lost that game. They lost the to following Essendon. game to Essendon, um, who obviously have been in pretty decent form. They have form. been playing much better. Um, but if you lose a final because of COVID, that COVID, that's going to crush a club. They're, it's out of their control to an extent. Um, you got to wonder if clubs you know, contending tighten down, but we'll see. Tighten down, tighten yeah, it's, up. <laughs> it's going to be, I think, really interesting because we could get to a grand final week and one team just gets absolutely ragdolled by COVID. Mm-hmm. And then teams, if the AFL really can't do anything, because if they do, teams like West Coast and Brisbane who've had game or games lost to COVID mm-hmm. will be like, well, where was this when we had COVID problems? Yep. Like, you can't delay the game now because this team... I think them, if they make the decision that no finals get delayed, the grand final can't get delayed. No, that's also true. Um, so it's going to be a really interesting setup to see how they handle it if something happens. Hopefully nothing will. Imagine like, yeah, one, where... <laughs> one week where one team has seven outs, so they postpone the grand final. And by the time the grand final's about to be played again. Outs, yeah. And then they've postponed it again, and then we're just going to go through an endless rotation. Imagine. Imagine. Um, all I can say is don't get in the spa <laughs> at the crown. And you will. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's just. That's just general life. Stupid. Like, advice. we know football is stupid. But, like, if you've got a really important game coming up, spas are not the healthiest place you could be hanging out. Hotel spas? I think if you get in the hotel spa, you have it coming. Oh, Whatever yeah. sickness you yeah, get, yeah, yeah. it's on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I wanted to take a day off work sick and I was having a long weekend at <laughs> the hotel, I'd hang out my last day at the spa. And I'd, oh, sorry, boys. I'm like, Start I'm, gargling the spa work. water. It's such a weird call. Um, <laughs> Don't get in the spa. Uh, I um, It's really cool to see the defensive ladder evening up now that Melbourne has copped some mm. big scores against them, a couple of hundreds. Um, Just losing percentage too. Yeah, and they bleeding it. Um, Frio just keep holding on because even that game against Richmond, despite the fact that they didn't win it, was still only 54 points apiece. So it's... Melbourne's defence isn't their problem at the moment, though. It feels like the midfield is just not putting on that same level of pressure that they were. Yeah. And that backwards uh, running just isn't happening. Like, you can't do much when the ball's going at the speed it has been. There is a, a bit of a lack of defensive pressure, but I feel like they're slowly coming back into it. Oh, and um, they did this last year, so we yeah. can't we can't look too much into it. Because they lost, I think, four out of five games in the midpoint of last year. And they only finished top spot because of that Max Gorn kick after the siren. They would have finished second otherwise. Oh, I mean, and, you just look back to last year with the Bulldogs. They lost their last game of the season to Essen, and then the next week came out and belted them. the grand final. Because finals, you games can, are different. Everyone <laughs> who knows they're making finals by the midpoint of the year then starts preparing for finals. Mm-hmm. And that's just how... Coaches will deny that. They'll always do the, oh, you know, it is taking Omic at a time. Unless you're Chris Scott. You're not taking Omic at a time. You are starting to strategize how your team can be in its best possible shape for September. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. you need to be, and the Bulldogs have proved that in several times in the last few years. Yeah, they keep 16, storming from outside. Richmond, during all of their years, had patches where everyone thought they were gone. Um, I remember, I think it was like Collingwood and Geelong beat Richmond back-to-back by like not eight or nine goals. And then they went on to win the Premiership the same year because mm. they, were, they knew what they were doing. Yeah, And I, I think that while it is worrying for Melbourne, um, and I think obviously their forward line is still a big, big problem, especially now that 
um, T Mac is probably out for the season, um, which means that it is just Brown and Wiggins. Oh, McDonald. To... So who are you talking about? <laughs> we don't use his nickname around here. Brown and McDonald are going to. Brown and McDonald. Oh, broken me. Brown and Wiedemann are now going to have to carry. Grand yeah. finalist Mitch oh, Brown. No. How good would that be? Oh, that'd be great, actually. <laughs> it's up there. I, I was listening to um something earlier. It was someone talking about cricket. And they were saying about how there was a bloke. He hit 410 on the weekend. Um, his name's Sam Northwest. He, he has played cricket in Australia. He's playing county cricket in... So his initials right. are S Northwest. S N W. That's pretty good. What if his name is E? You hope it is. Anyway, I hope it is. He, uh, he hit 410 not out. It's not in bad. A county game. Casual. It's, yeah, and, and I, I'd be pissed off if my captain declared on me when I was not out on 410. But I was 90 runs away from the record. Like, you could have let me keep batting. Anyway, so they were saying about how it's going to be unfortunate for him that he's probably going to retire as the best player in that country who never got to play international cricket. And I was like, I'd love to be known as that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's great. And like, yeah, that's pub trivia. I feel like the only place that doesn't qualify is football. Like, I'd rather be the worst footballer ever to win a premiership than the best footballer ever to not win one. So I feel like it's a it's a weird oh. opposite there. Like, it is it is a tough one. You'd rather be one of those like people I, I, like I, a... I, like, I'm Shannon Burns, not Gary Ablett Senior. Like, yes. it's... <laughs> like, Shannon Burns sits there with his two premiership medals being like, I was fast. Oh, yes. I was real fast. And now he's a runner. So, like, he, he was fast. <laughs> You want to be, you want like, to be the Jason Castagna, Jason right? Castagna. Oh, he's got trips. That's he's just got huge, trips. isn't it? That's massive. And like, unlike Brody, who the first one you're like, that's questionable. By the next two, really solid defender, and is now a leader of that backline. Castagna is still you're like, that's a three premiership player, <laughs> and good on him. You know, that's amazing stuff. Um, but that's what you know. He kicked. Uh, well, I think one of those grand finals, he kicked like one goal six or something. Um, who was it for Hawthorne that year? That did basically did the picket came out of came from winning a VFL premiership and then pulled up for the AFL one and then was basically never seen again. I love that. Like that would be great. Like you, you I can't think. You spend All I can think of is Spanger to, when I'm talking about Hawthorne VFL footy or something. You're like, yeah, but oh, not won an AFL premiership. So, <laughs> you know. well, it wasn't Matt Spanger, was it? it? Wasn't Spanger. He was playing for most of that year. He played most of that year. And when they picked up Vickery. Oh yeah, and he. That was one of the out. weirdest Clarko. Like, I know, you know, everyone's like, oh, Clarko's a genius. He recycles players so well. That one didn't work. No. Well, Vickery had off-field problems, so I don't think that was That's on him. weird man. Um, no, he will always be remembered to me for just passing, passing out. out. Who was it for St Kilda did the same thing? Oh, I'm just going to assume it was Paddy McCartan. It wasn't It wasn't McCartan. <laughs> McCartan was currently punching blokes in VFL at that time, I think. Um yeah, so Kilpa had a t- it's always horrifying when it happens on mm. a footy field. It's like, oh, that's bad. Like, yeah. if you're all just dropping. Several times. Did he went for a ruck tap first? Like, yeah, or like a mark? He was just in the forward line standing with a man near him, and he just, I think he went up for a mark when yeah, the ball was nowhere near him, and then dropped. he passed out. Horrible stuff. And there's a couple of players I know that have been subbed out with heart problems. Obviously, Ollie yeah. Wines most recently. I think Matthew Cruiser back in the day. Yeah. That, that shit's scary. Oh, These are very fit people. <laughs> Yeah, it's it is, um, and it makes me wonder if that could happen to me one time. But probably not because I don't push myself to the extremes that's going to cause that to happen to my heart or brain. Um, well, the only, you can the only last, hope. <laughs> the last, oh no, I was going to say the last concussion I had, you gave me. No, the last concussion I had, I gave me <laughs> from jumping headfirst into a wall. Um, <laughs> the last concussion I had, you gave me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
It makes us sound like absolute thugs. It does. <laughs> we're just idiots. No, we're just really dumb. <laughs> um, we thought ski helmets were much better than they were. I, my this teeth... is before I knew how brain trauma worked. <laughs> my teeth are still rattling to this day, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> that is probably a good place to end it. Um, teeth rattled and brains rattled. Scrambled. Um, scrambled. I've got scrambled Go on, then. I might. I might. I've got a few eggs. Um, hopefully this week is as good as last week's footy was. I... I'm fascinated by that. Uh, fascinated. Don't know why I said that. <laughs> All right, that's the end. Goodbye. Catch us later.